The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by George Rodriguez on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, 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 my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Welcome to the show on this Saturday, March 14th, 2020. Uh, I hope you've, uh, I hope you've, well, first of all, I, I hope you were able to get through March, uh, Friday the, uh, the 13th, uh, you know, lots of superstitious folks out there, <laughs> but more than anything else, my friends, I hope you're weathering this whole situation with the, uh, with the, the coronavirus. I mean, I have just not, never seen any, so much hysteria. And uh, it, it's really affecting people. It's really, really carry, getting getting bad. Um, yes, we need to be careful, my friends. But w- I think that, that there's a lot of overreaction starting to get to, to get a hold of our society. And it's really, really wreaking havoc. It really, really is wreaking havoc. I was watching uh, the news uh, the other day. The Houston Rodeo was supposed to start this past week. Uh, and uh, there was a lady, a vendor... Uh, that does all of the rodeos across the country, and she was in tears because uh, she lives. Uh, I mean, she is she is uh, the typical small business uh, person, and she was really crying because now that uh, this uh, uh, that the rodeo in Houston has been canceled, uh, she's out of work for three weeks. Three weeks, my friends, and it's it's going to impact on her tremendously, tremendously. At the same time, we've got the Democrats in Washington uh, proposing that we uh, give everybody uh, a free paycheck, just automatically give everybody a free paycheck. I mean, my friends, you know, they have created this uh, anxiety. They have created this hysteria. Them and the uh, mainstream liberal news, they have created this hysteria, and now they want us to pay for it. Instead of just telling people to be careful, instead of telling people uh, that uh, the death rate is not going to be that high, that uh, we have to be careful, that people that are in the, in the high-risk uh, areas, that they need to be careful— you know, instead, they're making it sound like this is the Black Plague and we're in the middle of the Dark Ages. This, my friends, is really tragic. I also find it offensive. Yes, and I'll use that term, offensive. That uh, while in the same breath they are talking about how we need to take care of uh, of Americans, we need to take care of them economically, we need to take care of their health, at the same time, they do not want to do anything about the open borders. On the contrary, they want the Democrats and the liberal news want to uh, give money to uh, people, to Americans who are not working, while at the same time they want to import foreign workers. And these foreign workers, are they going to be, are they going to be uh, checked out? Are they going to be checked to make sure that they're not carrying any kind of virus? Or are they just going to open the, door, the, the doors and let people come into work? I mean, it, it is, it, it is uh, ridiculous. It is absolutely outrageous and dumb. But it, that is the thinking of these uh, of these Democrats, of these liberals. They really I mean, it, it is all about feelings. It is about all about uh, reaction. It is all about uh, the agenda, the greater agenda. The president addresses the issue of the economy and immediately they uh, jump on him. They criticize him because they, he doesn't care about the people. i got news for you, my friends. It is an economy that takes care of people. That's how people take care of themselves, by having a good economy. On the other hand, it is a government that takes care of people that we don't want. We do not want a government that takes care of us. Of us. That is called a dictatorship. So, uh, oh my gosh, that, that's my rant. That is my rant for right now. It really, really is very upsetting. It is very, very upsetting that our nation is being injured economically and socially by the uh, by people yelling fire in the news media and, and, and in Washington, D.C. That's what's very upsetting. And, you know, and if you pin them down, what do you want to do? They just want to give away money. 
That's all they want to do. They want to take it. They have no idea what they're talking about. They have no idea how they want to do it. They just want to do something. All right. Well, got that off my chest. Let's um, let me tell you about our show, because we've got an excellent one, as usual, my friends. First of all, we've got Sheriff Mike Lewis from Wymaco County, uh, Maryland. I met uh, Sheriff Lewis in Washington, D.C. back in September, and uh, I have uh, been uh, chatting with him ever since. The man is uh, he's a dynamo. He's a dynamo. Uh, Very outspoken against sanctuary communities, against sanctuary legislators and sanctuary cities, et cetera, et cetera. He is very, very outspoken. I asked him because uh, the state of Maryland, and we chatted about that early, uh, la- last week, the state of Maryland is actually considering uh, sanctuary status and forcing, they are considering forcing the uh, uh, sheriffs in uh, Maryland, the state legislature is considering forcing them to uh, abide by their sanctuary legislation. In other words, they would, uh, the, the um, sheriffs would not be allowed to cooperate with ICE. So uh, we're going to hear from Sheriff Mike Lewis. We also have an angel dad, Mr. Jim Walden. Jim Walden uh, has a connection to Maryland because his son uh, died at the hands of a drunk uh, illegal alien uh, in uh, Maryland in uh, Anne Arundel County. And um, Jim now lives in in, uh, Peoria, Illinois. And uh, I asked him to come on our show and talk to us about uh, his situation and his feelings about sanctuary communities, uh, particularly since uh, the uh, state of Maryland, where his son died, is considering these uh, sanctuary measures. Finally, I've got my very, very good friend, Jason Jones. And Jason Jones is a former law enforcement officer, uh, state law enforcement officer here in Texas. Uh, who is a uh, international border crime expert. And he's going to talk to us about uh, the situation with the cartels and how they are getting so powerful and how they're switching. They're switching from human trafficking, uh, which uh, has been very lucrative for them in the past. But because the uh, Border Patrol is tightening up, because we are getting tougher on uh, illegal aliens uh, coming into the United States, Uh, The trafficking, the human trafficking has uh, slowed down a bit. However, they have changed their tactic and they are bringing in more and more dangerous drugs, fentanyl and meth. And these two drugs, my friends, are deadly. They are absolutely deadly. And he's going to talk to us about this situation that we're looking at, uh, give you an eye view of what... um, of how things are, are working out. Because, I mean, my friends, we need, we really, really need to do something about uh, the cartels. Uh, The discussion has gone on for a long time as to how to handle them, whether or not to declare them a a terrorist uh, organization so that way greater cooperation and more effort can go into it. Uh, Do we continue to depend on Mexico to go after these cartels? The bottom line is that these cartels are becoming more and more powerful. Uh, How powerful? Okay, well, let's go to the news and I'll tell you how powerful. This past week... This past Wednesday, uh, there were three arrests in uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Actually, six of them. All of these individuals, these six individuals, were tied to the Mexican cartel Jalisco Nueva Generación. And these uh, characters in in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, were part were part of uh, their arrests were part of federal enforcement ca- crackdown on the on the Mexican cartel. Uh, last Wednesday, March 11th, the uh, U.S. Department of Justice and DEA announced a joint targeting of this uh, of the Jalisco Nueva Generación, this criminal group, which is considered one of the fastest growing transnational criminal organizations. You know, whereas Mexican criminal activities used to occur mostly on the border, Laredo, my grandparents, my parents could t- attest to that. It has now spread to distant communities, my friends, in North Carolina in Maryland, in New York, and other communities. The border has got to be secured, and the local communities, local communities all over the United States, have got to cooperate with investigations and the prosecution of these illegal alien criminals. they got to. No more sanctuary cities. Um, all right, let's, uh, let me give you some, uh, some other news real quick. Um, Democrat New Year Congresswoman Meng, Mei Meng, uh, she 
wants ICE to release all the de- all the illegal alien detainees. Why? Because she says that them being quarantined, uh, because them being quarantined, and uh, or should I say them being detained, is causing them, uh, is placing them in in, uh, in danger of uh, the coronavirus. Well, what about all the Americans that are being quarantined and restricted? And she is dumb. All right, I'll say it. Are you stupid, lady, or what? Last week, we reported, um, or or should I say this past week, we reported that there was a great legal victory for the uh, Trump administration and uh, for border security. The Supreme Court ruled that uh, the Trump policy of remain in Mexico, it stands, and it's a huge victory for controlling uh, immigration. The the policy, of course, stops people who cross the border uh, through Mexico, and, uh, and, and those folks who are detained from being released into the country. The stat shows that uh, in the past, people that were crossing the border and asking for asylum here in the United States never showed up for their hearings. And so now uh, any uh, alien that's asking for asylum, they've got to remain in the third country, in, in this case, in Mexico. Of course, uh, that's got the uh, liberals just upset and beyond belief, but that's the fact. You know, the policy helps to, the U.S. to control the borders. Also, uh, in uh, along the border here in uh, Texas, get this, we've just been talking about the, uh, the uh, amount of drugs. Uh, you know, we worry about the importation of, uh, of illnesses and how many... Uh, Americans are going to get sick with the coronavirus. But what about the cartels bringing in the, the, the drugs? Another shipment of drugs was intercepted by the Border Patrol here in Texas. $800,000 worth of drugs. $800,000 worth of drugs. You know, it, it, incredible. Incredible. That was one shipment. We need the wall, my friends. We need the wall. And we need to quit pretending that uh, everything is fine and dandy. In a real tragedy, let me tell you, in a real tragedy... Uh, along the border, at the border wall, a 19-year-old pregnant Guatemalan woman died from injuries that she suffered when she fell trying to climb the U.S. border wall. Now, immediately there was a screaming and yelling from the uh, from the left and from the the media that this woman uh, that it was that it shows how inhumane and dangerous the border wall is. Uh, of course, the Border Patrol, the U.S. Customs and Border Border Protection folks blamed her death on the human smugglers who encouraged her to try to climb the wall. Uh, the woman was identified as Miran uh, Giron Luna from Guatemala, and medical assistants tried to provide uh, immediate uh, help to uh, deliver her baby, but they were unsuccessful, sadly. Uh, officials said that uh, Giron Luna was eight months tra- pregnant. And uh, uh, when she was uh, when she fell and and, and hurt her and and killed herself, you know, again, my friends, these uh, the purpose of the wall, my friends, the purpose of the wall, it's a barrier. It's not an invitation to scale it. It's not an invitation to enter the country. It is a wall. Okay, and rather than blaming the United States and in particular, the United States taxpayer uh, for trying to secure the ball, the wall or the border, should I say? People should discourage, people should be discouraged from coming to the United States illegally and risking their lives in that trip. Illegal aliens, they pay smugglers, they undertake dangerous journeys, and in many cases, they endanger their kids to break immigration laws and enter illegally. That's the bottom line, my friends. We cannot excuse and justify and reward illegal aliens and their behavior. Illegal entry into the United States. It cannot be excused, justified, and rewarded. I don't know how more to say it. But that's the problem that we've got, my friends. We continue to have people who, because of uh, their open borders agenda, because of their liberal attitude towards globalism, because of whatever... They want the border to be wide open. It's not going to be wide open, my friends. America must control the border. America must have border control. And that, if that means a wall, that means a wall. And we've been talking about the wall forever. That wall symbolizes that this country is going to protect its border. Sadly, you had this situation, which is not the fault of the United States. It's not the fault of the taxpayer. It's not anybody's fault, except 
the responsibility of the individual who took it upon themselves to try to climb the uh, who try to climb the the wall. Sadly, that's who is responsible for this tragedy. All right, folks, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. We'll be right back with our first interview with Sheriff Mike Lewis. Stay tuned. Call your friends. Tell them to join us. Thank you. El Conservador listeners, if you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got a uh, very special guest with us, uh, Sheriff uh, Mike Lewis from uh, Wymaco County, Maryland, uh, on the far eastern coast, up uh, hugging the Atlantic. And uh, I wanted to reach out to him because he is very, very active in the uh, in speaking out against sanctuary uh, communities and sanctuary legislation. I met him in Washington, D.C. Uh, last September, and uh, I've kept uh, in communication with him. The situation is this. We've got uh, a gentleman that we have interviewed, Mr. Jim Walden, whose son was killed in uh, Anne Arundel County, Maryland. Uh, by an illegal alien who was drunk. And then on top of that, we now have uh, the situation in the state of Maryland where uh, the state of Maryland legislation, legislatures, uh, legislature rather, is uh, actually considering forcing, I guess, the, um, the sheriffs to fall in line with uh, their sanctuary legislation and sanctuary uh, uh, ideas. And uh, I wanted to get uh, the, the, the sheriff, uh, Mike Lewis, here to speak to us, because uh, my understanding, sheriff, is that you guys are elected officials, and I'm not sure that they can force you to do much of anything. And uh, I certainly would like to get your opinion of, uh, of this uh, idea of, uh, of a sanctuary state in, in Maryland. Welcome to the show. Talk to us, please. Thank you, George. Thank you so much, first of all, for having me on the show. You're a true American. I love listening to your program. I appreciate all you do for all Americans in our country. And I can tell you here in the state of Maryland, as you just said, we have a legislature that is determined to put politics before public safety. They have already... sanctioned counties and cities throughout the state of Maryland as sanctuary cities for illegal criminal aliens here in the state of Maryland. And now this new progressive left legislation, we have a new Speaker of the House, we have a new President of the Senate, we have a new Chairman of the House Judiciary and Senate, and these individuals are the new progressive left that are determined to make the state of Maryland a sanctuary state. And uh, as I said at a press conference the other day in Annapolis, Maryland, Come hell or high water, we sheriffs will stand our ground and do what we were elected to do by our constituents, and that is to protect all Marylanders, all Americans, and we will not allow our legislature to tell us that we will not be able to cooperate with our federal partners. For God's sakes, we all know that 19 Middle Eastern terrorists came into our country on September 11th. They trained in our soil. They attacked us on our soil, and we were criticized. We were criticized largely across this country because the Fed's inability to share information with local law enforcement. We all know that the federal government historically was reluctant to share information with local law enforcement. Therefore, we had these attacks here in the United States. Well, now we are cooperating more with our federal partners than we ever have, not just HSI, not just DEA, not just FBI, but Immigrations and Customs Enforcement. We must have the autonomy and the flexibility to interact with our federal partners and identify these illegal criminal aliens and get them out 
of our communities. And if our Maryland lawmakers have their way, we will no longer be allowed to cooperate with our federal partners. They're going to, they want to eliminate the 287G program here in the state of Maryland. Uh, we currently have uh, four sheriffs who have 287G, which gives them, obviously, federal authority to ask certain questions while processing illegal aliens. And they want to strip sheriffs of their ability to do that. And uh, we have united here in the state of Maryland. I can tell you in Wicomico County, the county in which I serve, I'm currently in my fourth four-year consecutive term as sheriff. I'm a 36-year law enforcement veteran. I will not stand down and allow this nonsense, this absolutely partisan, as you well know, this partisan legislature to uh, put politics before public safety. And that's simply what they're doing. They will do anything to defy President Trump. And this is all part of that. You know, it's amazing. First of all, like I mentioned that, uh, you know, you are elected officials. So I'm not sure how they can tell elected officials uh, that have been people that have been elected independently what to do. Secondly, I remember when uh, I lived in Washington, D.C., back during uh, the Reagan administration, when I was working for Mr. Reagan, that, um, you know, the influx of Salvadorans that was coming in at that point into Langley Park, uh, Maryland. And uh, now the MS-13 has been really, really active in that area. And I am not sure how they can, uh, how this legislature can justify how they can uh, turn the other cheek to the crime that has been being been going on in that uh, in that community uh, by illegal aliens who are criminals. You know, George, we're having a very difficult time keeping up with the MS-13. As you well know, this Latino gang, they've not only infiltrated uh, the United States, but they specifically have infiltrated Montgomery County, Maryland, Prince George's County, Maryland, and Anne Arundel County, Maryland, where not only had they murdered individuals, but they've dismembered their bodies and recently dumped their body parts in Anne Arundel County, Maryland, where we had recently an illegal alien who uh, struck a, a United States Marine Corps veteran, an active duty Marine Corps veteran who was on leave here in Maryland on his motorcycle, enjoying being home with his family when he was struck and killed uh, by an illegal alien in Anne Arundel County, Maryland, the same Location where they the MS-13 has recently dismembered and dumped body parts into our community. That's amazing. It's amazing. And you know when these people are when when these legislators are holding uh, their their hearings, uh, I guess they're just turning a blind eye. They're just not listening to uh, to the facts of what's happening in their own backyards. They certainly are turning a blind eye, and it's not just my testimony and other sheriffs that we have set up there as a panel and testified in opposition of these sanctuary laws. Of course, George, they will not agree, and they will not say for one second these are sanctuary bills. They said we're trying to establish some type of protocol here in the state of Maryland. You know, these are, in fact, sanctuary bills. You can put lipstick on this pig all day long. It is still a pig. Uh, they do not want to admit these are sanctuary bills. But it's not just the sheriffs that are sitting up there testifying in opposition. But we have legal immigrants in our country that, that obtained a pathway to legal citizenship who are deeply offended by the illegal criminal aliens who are being allowed refuge in the state of Maryland, who are being allowed to harbor them in the state of Maryland. They are just as offended as other law-abiding citizens about these proposed bills that have been introduced in Annapolis, Maryland. Again, we're looking at a totally different uh, leadership in Annapolis right now, and it's, it's absolutely deeply concerning to law-abiding citizens, especially those immigrants who have come into our country, the legal pathway to citizenship, who are now uh, taxpayers, who are now contributing to a, a very lawful society and have assimilated here in the United States of America, but they feel that these illegal criminal aliens are now being given a free pass to live anywhere they want and conduct their criminal activity in the state of Maryland. Wow. That happened, not on my watch. Wow, that's amazing. You know, my grandparents uh, and great-grandparents would have a fit because, uh, you know, they used to complain about criminal uh, illegal behavior, illegal alien behavior in Laredo, Texas. Now it's reached Maryland. I, it's incredible. It's just as outrageous. It is outrageous, George. They are well entrenched throughout the United States now, well entrenched. What uh, Here in the closing moments, what do you think needs to happen, Sheriff, from your perspective? 
This country needs to wake up, George. They need to know that the biggest threat that we face here in the United States today is illegal criminal aliens who continue to bring unprecedented levels of narcotics and other drugs into the United States. We Americans only make up 7% of the world's total population, but now 68% of the world's total drugs are consumed here in the United States. And the Mexican drug trafficking cartels have vowed to saturate our country with illegal drugs. It is the biggest domestic and international threat we have ever faced, and this country needs to wake up, and our lawmakers need to wake up and recognize the importance of working closely with American sheriffs to seal these borders and to protect our homeland. Wow. Sheriff, uh, we've been talking with uh, Sheriff Mike Lewis from Wimaco County, Maryland. Sheriff, thank you very, very much for everything you do, for speaking out, and for uh, trying to keep uh, citizens safe, for crying out loud. And uh, we uh, certainly hope we can get you back on the show again. Give us an update of what's happening in your backyard there, as well as uh, other things that the sheriffs across the country are involved with. So thank you very, very much for being with us. I'll join you anytime, my friend. Thank you so much for all you do for, for Americans. We appreciate you. We appreciate your voice. Thank you very much. Thank George, you, George. George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM radio. Once again, thank you. folks once again george rodriguez el conservador talking to you from san antonio deep in the heart of south texas and uh we've got uh, an angel dad with us we usually have angel moms but we've got um, a very special gentleman with us uh mr jim walden from uh he's we're talking to him in peoria illinois and um i wanted to uh to chat with mr walden because uh, he's got a tragic story to tell us about uh, the loss of his son, Jimmy Walden, in uh, Anne Arundel County, Maryland. And as we've been chatting, um, Maryland is currently uh, one of the states that's considering sanctuary uh, status, sanctuary uh, legislation. And, of course, uh, in Maryland, we've also seen... Um, the problems with MS-13 in uh, some of the Washington, D.C. Uh, uh, suburbs. And um, so I wanted to reach out to this uh, good man and ask him to tell us the story as an angel dad about his son and what he thinks about uh, his involvement in the angel uh, uh, family movement and uh, what, he's, um, what he thinks of, uh, of Maryland's legislation, uh, how he's been involved. Uh, Jim, thank you for cha- for being with us. Welcome to the show. Uh, te- Thanks for having me. Oh, my my pleasure, my pleasure. Please tell us tell us about your tragedy and uh, what happened and how you've um, uh, been working with the uh, the local governments and what's been happening with uh, the investigation or whatever happened with the investigation. Tell us our story, please. Uh, it happened on February 24th of 2017. Um, Jimmy was in the United States Marine Corps, Lance Corporal. Uh, he was in the intel field. He worked for the National Security Agency. Um, he'd gotten off work. He'd had a particularly bad day. And he got a habit from me of going for a ride on his motorcycle to unwind after a bad day. Uh, he was just traveling down a road at 35 miles an hour. It's a very snaky road through a forest, a beautiful ride. And coming the opposite direction was an illegal uh, by the name of Martin Martinez Bellinas. And he lost control of his car, not once, but twice. Uh, once to the right, then he overcorrected and went to the left. And he hit Jimmy on his motorcycle and killed him instantly. Wow. Wow, and that happened. That happened 2017. Um, yes, how did you learn about the situation of him being an illegal, and what transpired as far as any justice on the matter? Well, the state of Maryland knew he was illegal in 2012, five years prior to the accident. Um, the prosecuting attorney told me that. Um, he'd been in trouble between 2012 and 2017. He'd been in trouble with the law five times. Uh, he'd been to court uh, 
convicted of felony domestic violence, put on probation and an order of protection, yet they knew he was illegal, and they let him stay. And and uh, did the was the immigration law enforcement advised at all about this situation? Did they ever get involved? Not until after he was convicted. Um, the only thing that Maryland convicted him of was leaving the scene of an accident involving a death. Wow. Uh, and, he got six years. Did he have a license? Because in many states they are now giving them, uh, giving illegal aliens license. Did he have a license? Did he have insurance? Did he have any of that? It was a fake license. Wow. Uh, he admitted to paying $150 for fake credentials, uh, license, birth certificate, social security number. And, and uh, what what was the result? I mean, has there been any justice meted, meted out on this matter? Has he been deported? Has he gone to jail? Has anything like that happened? Been in jail since the day of the wreck. Um, we just passed the three-year mark since Jimmy died. And he is due to be released in June of this year. Three years and three months. He's going to be released? And deported. That's part of his sentence. Wow. But he's been deported before and he came across, didn't he? Pardon me? I mean, he's been deported before and he's come across, has he not? No. He's been here illegally since 2002. Wow. Uh, Maryland found out he was illegal in 2012 and they didn't do anything about it. (laughs) My goodness. My goodness. And... He got six years for murdering my son. Now, what have you learned from this situation? What is What, what do you th- feel about illegal aliens that come across and commit crimes, or illegal aliens in general that are coming across? I mean, what have you learned? What, what is your, your thinking? Because my understanding is that the state of, of uh, Maryland, where he was killed, uh, where Jimmy was killed, is considering legisla- sanctuary uh, legislation. Yeah, I go out there. I've been out there the last two years in a row uh, when they put the bill up in the House and I testified against the sanctuary policy, uh, standing alongside several sheriffs from the area and several other angel parents. Um, it's it's atrocious. Um, the fact that, you know, they're, they're letting these people into this country illegally and illegally means against the law. So therefore, they are a criminal. Whether they robbed anybody or anything else, the first thing they did when they entered this country was break our law. Enter without permission. And they're harboring them. Yeah. They're giving them safe passage. And the sheriffs from out there, we talked in, in February when I was out there this year, and they're repeat offenders. Wow. And nothing's happening. They they take these people into these county jails. They know they're illegal, and they don't notify ICE. They won't cooperate with ICE, and then they release them back into the community. And they say that makes their community safer. Yeah, yeah. We I I keep hearing you know uh, one of the most ridiculous arguments that I've heard is that uh, crime happens, and uh, just because it's an illegal alien, it's not a big deal. I, I'm not sure exactly. How, how I I understand that logic, you know, or how to understand that logic. But, uh, you know, if they weren't here, they wouldn't, the the crime would not be committed, period. And the true, I I tell them, you know, unless they've been touched by this, they'll never understand where me and all the other angel families stand. They'll never understand it, you know. Have uh, have my other son's death? My son's death was one hundred percent preventable. Yes, yes, and that would have been because the, if, if the illegal alien was not here, period. Correct, absolutely. And uh, you know, do you when you speak out with other angel families, uh, do you think that what what kind of reception do you get from uh, from from the? Uh, from the politicians, particularly in a state like Maryland or Illinois. I mean, I imagine that in Illinois you've come across the Illinois same sanctuary thing. as well. Yes, yeah, right. you know. Well, uh, there, I have never been in a room full of more unprofessional and rude people in my life. Really? 
they don't respect you the... have people standing up you have people standing up pouring their heart out and going going through pain all over again telling the story of their loved ones they are playing on their cell phones they're playing on their computers they're chit-chatting back and forth amongst one another one of them so much as went out of the room and came back with a plate of food and sat down and started eating incredible incredible i mean how much disrespect can there be all right so given that situation what do you think needs to happen? What uh, you know? What would you tell President uh, Trump? What would you tell the governor of of uh, Illinois and the governor of uh, of Maryland? What do you think needs to happen? What would you tell the Senate and the House? What needs to happen? To be, there needs to be legal repercussions. These people, these these county sheriffs, these mayors, these senators, representatives, they are violating federal law. They are violating federal law, and there needs to be repercussions for it. And as I understand it now, they're going to start cutting off funding to these towns, which is good. That's what needs to happen. Yes, yes. To be a penalty for their behavior. That's right. That's right. You cannot tolerate, excuse, or justify bad behavior. You can't. You can't tolerate it, excuse it, or justify it. Otherwise, you continue to get more bad behavior. All you hear is nobody's above the law. But yet they're placing these illegals above the law. Correct. Very correct. They're cheating. They're cheating people that are trying to come here legally. Yeah. I mean, why should somebody that... They pay their dues, and they're putting them ahead of them. Oh, man. I hear you. I hear you, buddy. I hear you. Well, uh, Jim, you know, this situation, I mean, uh, I... uh, my heart goes out to you because I hear a lot of these stories. We have angel fam- families, angel moms and angel dads on my show a lot. I, uh, I certainly hope that, um, you know, the state of Maryland doesn't take any stupid action of becoming a uh, sanctuary community. But, um, you know, can you keep us posted of what's going on in your backyard as well as over there? I mean, what's going on with your, trying, with your situation? I'm trying now to get involved in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And I'm working with certain representatives, and they're supposed to be representatives that are on our side of this argument. Yeah, yep. And I'm not getting a lot of I'm not getting a lot of love. Yeah, right. Even here, right, right. Yeah, I mean it, it is. I mean it's amazing how people try to excuse illegal immigration, and then on top of that, justify uh, the, their criminal, their further criminal behavior. Uh, after they've committed a crime, I mean it's it's amazing. I would certainly like for you to uh, to keep keep in touch with you, buddy, and uh, and and have you keep you know and, and chat with you more uh, about your activities and uh, you know in any way that uh, you know we can uh, help you address the matters and uh, see if we can find some justice here. Thank you giving us. I appreciate you giving us a voice. Oh. mainstream media doesn't. Uh, I no problem with this. I mean, this is this is what what we're here for, and I fully recognize that the mainstream media is not going to do that. We've been talking, my friends. We've been talking with Mr. Jimmy Walden, a, an angel dad uh, who lives in uh, Peoria Heights, uh, Illinois, but uh, his son Jimmy uh, was killed in Anne Arundel County, Maryland, uh, by an illegal alien. Thank you very much, Jim, for being with us. And uh, once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez El Conservador and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you're interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning.
Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And we've got our good friend, uh, Jason Jones, uh, former Intel uh, state uh, officer for the state of Texas, as well as he also was a former narcotics uh, the street uh, officer, and uh, he's a, he's an expert on the on the uh, on what's going on on the border, the the crime that's going on on the border, my friends. Recently, uh, I want Jason to talk to us because recently there was a uh, meth bust by the border patrol here in Texas, uh, worth eight hundred million dollars. Uh, and uh, or eight hundred thousand dollars. I can't excuse me. Eight hundred thousand dollars. I get my zeros confused. And uh, I mean, this is one of many busts of meth that's going on. And uh, I wanted him to, uh, since uh, he's an he's uh, an expert, a border crime expert, as well as a former narcotics uh, officer. What is going on? What needs to happen? Uh, Jason, talk to us. I can't. I mean, we're worried about the virus. We're wor- worried about illegal immigration, and I think we've gotten the numbers down. But uh, there definitely seems to be an uptick in the um, in the contraband of uh, of illegal drugs, which, uh, uh, in my opinion, is where the money is. So, talk to us. What is going on? Yeah, it really is, George. And as always, great to be back with you, and thanks for having me. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be the first to tell you, I'm very concerned with the trends that we are seeing uh, with meth seizures, not only at the border, but domestically. And to just highlight off the seizure that you're talking about, let me give you some stats here um, coming from the Drug Enforcement Administration. And from fiscal year 2017 to fiscal year 2019, DEA domestic seizures of methamphetamine have increased 127% from 49,000 pounds to 112,000 pounds domestically. Now, that's DEA data alone, okay? So Operation uh, Crystal Shield was recently announced by the Drug Enforcement Administration February 20th. They are actively now uh, attacking eight different what they call major hubs across the country, where uh, Carta Jalisco New Generation, which is known as CJNG, along with the Sinaloa Cartel, are moving massive amounts of methamphetamine into the country. And these major cities are being targeted because those are the hubs before it hits neighborhoods and street gangs where it can be disseminated. Now, that's a great operation. That's good work by DEA. Glad to see them doing that. But the real myth here that has happened is last year as we were getting hit with almost a million people uh, in illegal immigration, the cartels saw that the U.S. government, working with the Mexican government, were going to drastically reduce the number of people able to get to the country through good policies that the U.S. government working with Mexico were doing with what we call an over-the-horizon approach. Now fast forward to where we are today, and the cartels have transitioned to make up for those losses of revenue that they no longer get from human capital. And I know it's, it's hard to talk about people that way, but to the cartels. That's what they are. are a com- that's right. They're a commodity. Yep. And so as the numbers dropped, the cartels adjusted. They ramped up their methamphetamine production and fentanyl. And right now, meth production is at double what it was last year. Now, let me let me ask you real quick. The major cartels. We've got to address that. We've got to adjust it. Yeah, let me ask you real quick about the danger of, uh, I mean, I, I, I have seen um, how dangerous uh, the production of meth is. Uh, but my understanding is that just handling fentanyl is uh, is very, very dangerous. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah, there's... You know, in, in a pill form, it only takes about four grains, or 4%, I guess I should say, of that pill to kill you. Anything over 4% will kill you. It's extremely deadly. And when you talk about methamphetamine and the production of meth, uh, let's talk about the chemicals that are in the production of methamphetamine. Now, there's different methods to making it, but just to give you some of the chemicals that are in it, you're talking about P2P, you're talking about red phosphorus, pseudoephedrine, uh, uh, red phosphorus, just so everyone knows, that's what's at the end of your match sticks. When you go to light your matches, the little red stuff you see, that's, that's red, red phosphorus. Uh, when you cook meth, and never mind lithium and other things that they, they mix in these chemicals when they make it, but 
the production of methamphetamine, depending upon what type of method they're, they're using, also puts out phosphine gas. Phosphine gas, you can't smell it, and uh, it's extremely, extremely deadly. And these are the kinds of poisons that people are putting into their body. Meth is a horrible drug. I was a part of the methamphetamine initiative group. Uh, with Houston when the cartels took over meth and created the super labs. And our, our domestic lab numbers dropped dramatically. And it, it's really something about how the cartels influence uh, what, uh, and how they influence the, the end user. A lot of people believe that, well, if we didn't have the drug problem and the people that wanted it, it would never happen. Well, that's not exactly true because we have seen how they change uh, the environment by pushing so much of a product that eventually people transition to it. And I'll give you a great example, fentanyl. You know, even five years ago, we had zero seizures for fentanyl in this country. And now we're talking about fentanyl. Well, where did that, where'd that come from? There was an opioid crisis domestically. The cartel saw the gap. They started importing synthetic drugs from China, creating uh, certain labs that will help them make fentanyl and then pushed it into the U.S. Wow. And they drove that market. Wow. Now, when somebody is investigating, uh, again, let me let me let me focus on the um, first responders, on either the firefighters, the police officers or, or even the police dogs. When they are when they are investigating a uh, a, fen- a meth lab or a fentanyl doing a fentanyl bust, how much danger is there for them? Oh, there's it's, it's, it's dramatic, you know, that. A lot this is, when we talk about uh, methamphetamine and fentanyl and how you handle, handle it, when you're an investigator, you, you treat that as hazardous waste. You literally suit up in certain chem suits, you wear certain respirators that allow you uh, to have completely closed off uh, oxygen coming in to ensure that uh, you're handling this stuff properly. I mean, when I was on the meth team, it's incredible. You look like you're, you know, you're dealing with the coronavirus or something. I mean, it's, it's incredible. This is straight-up poison, and it's, effect, it's, it's being pushed into our country right now, George, at levels we have never seen. And let me, let me talk to the folks here about some of these seizures. In, in Atlanta last month in January, DEA seized what we call a conversion lab, one of the methods that Cartel Jalisco New Generation moves methamphetamine is in liquid form. So they'll move it in gas tanks where it's non-detectable. Then when they get it to a house, they convert it through a lab that they have here domestically back in using certain solutions and solvents, they then convert it back from a liquid form into a crystal form so that they can sell it. In that seizure, they knocked down 1,300 pounds. Two weeks ago in San Bernardino, California, on the other side of the country, they knocked down 20 DEA along with San Bernardino Task Force, took down 2,600 pounds of methamphetamine. I mean, and to kind of put all this in perspective, 20 years ago, you know, six pounds or five pound meth bust domestically was a huge bust. I mean, so when I start saying to you as a, as a former you know, narcotics agent, as someone who's worked this stuff for a very long time, when we're seeing these kind of numbers and this level of poison being pushed on the American people, we've got to think differently and we've got to use new strategies because what we're doing, George, is not working. What do we need to do? I mean, again, bottom line, what needs to happen? I mean, you know, we're very, very worried about the coronavirus and all sorts of task forces and all sorts of media coverage, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this is a poison that's right in our backyards, in our midst already. What needs to happen? And so fixable. And this is where I get really frustrated. We have to recognize, and you've heard me say this, you know, countless times, that the cartels are not just drug trafficking organizations, that they have evolved not only in Mexico, uh, within their level of, of power uh, as a parallel government now within Mexico, but they're operating globally, not just in the United States. And our economy for drugs is just one of those. And they have grown so powerful now that they truly control Mexico at every level. And we have to recognize that. And until we are willing to change U.S. policy and stop investigating them as a criminal organization, look at them as what they are and what they've evolved to, which is terrorists who have taken over a country 
and provide law enforcement, the military, and the U.S. intelligence community with the authorities needed through designating them as foreign terrorist organizations. It will allow us to go after them and go after the leadership at levels that we have proven that the Department of Justice model, working with DEA, HSI, and FBI, are not equipped to handle. And let me just kind of say it another way, too. You know, our justice system moves slow on purpose. We built it that way to fight crime domestically to ensure that people are not wrongly convicted of crimes. Our system, George, was never created to stop the world's problems. And, and when will the lesson be learned? Right. Didn't learn it after the first World Trade Center attack. We continued to do the same thing until those buildings fell down. Right. And then and then we went after it. Now look at where we are today. And, uh, you know, those are true solutions that we know work. And, you know, we've got to get there. Yeah, I remember I remember during the Obama administration, people wanting to um, to bring captured terrorists by the uh, p- p- terrorists that were captured by the uh, military. Uh, brought to the United States for an American-style trial. <laughs> I mean, really. Oh, wow. No, and, and, George, I'm glad you brought that up because that was truly a national discussion that we could we could win that problem by, uh, by bringing people to the U.S. to be held accountable. And what did we find? We found 3,000 Americans killed on 9-11 for it. That's right. We're trying to do the same thing now with Mexico with everyone who's in the community outside of Washington knows that that's where we've got to go. And, you know, don't just take what I'm saying. Look at the actions of the cartels. Look at how they operate as a parallel government. Look at the president of Mexico himself even admitted here recently that Chapo Guzman at one time had the same amount of power as he did. Wow. Things have changed, and we've got to recognize it and, and fix it. Because this poison coming onto our street directly affects every American. You got it, buddy. We've been talking with Mr. Jason Jones, a border crime expert and a good friend. And uh, we'll we'll get you back on uh, sometime soon to give us an update, Jason. Thank you very, very much for being with us. You bet. Always good talking to you, George. Take care, buddy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP, 930 AM radio, The Answer. The Answer.